Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount, Pastor Omar Lopez here. Last Sunday, I preached a message on faith is patient. And I talked about the fact that many times in our walk with God, we're going to have to wait. In fact, in life, we have to learn that we have to wait. And God requires that we wait. That's part of faith. Even as the farmer goes out and he plants seeds and he toils the land and he waits for that harvest to come back. Many times faith works that way, but the reward is great. So let's be patient and wait on God. Welcome to Praise Chapel. Welcome those that are online. We, uh, we apologize. There's a technical difficulty. Some people are in trouble this morning, but that's okay. Hallelujah. We're, we are uh, online, ready to go this morning. Are you glad you're in the house of God? Now turn, to, turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. Oh, you guys are already jumping ahead of me. That's all right. It's good to have fun in the house of God, right? And you can smile. Believe it or not, I know you're smiling under that mask, so we appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate everyone here today. We just came back, my wife and I, from Denver, Colorado. And uh, I'll tell you what, we had a wonderful time. We were at a conference there, got to minister and uh, be there with a number of uh, pastors and churches that gathered there. Uh, at the, at this conference and just thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and God really moved in a, a powerful way and really God uh, uh, not just used me to minister but I got really ministered to my wife and I did and so uh, we come back refreshed spiritually but we're tired physically uh, uh, we didn't get a lot of sleep there. I don't sleep well in hotels. How many don't sleep well in hotels, man? Uh, I I I need to sleep in my bed on my pillow. And, and there's just something about that that works out a lot better. But glad to be here in Praise Chapel Paramount today. So we welcome you, and we're glad you're here today. And so uh, we're, con- we're continuing this series on faith without walls. And uh, we just uh, we had a whole different series planned for August. And uh, we, we just said, you know what, well, let's just keep it going, and we'll start our new series in September. Is that okay? We're going to just go faith without walls. We're just going to blow the walls off of it through faith. And uh, if you were here the first week, we talked about uh, having a faith that is real, real faith. And then we talked about fireproof faith when you go through the fire. And then we talked about faith when you uh, face temptation, faith that is, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about faith dealing with temptation. Today, I want to talk about faith being patient. Did you know that God calls us to have faith that is patient? Many times when we go in our journey, in our walk with God, you're going to have to spend some time waiting for God to move, waiting on things to happen in faith. We spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? I mean, just in the natural, we spend a lot of time waiting. I mean, as a little kid, I couldn't wait to start school. And then after you started school, I couldn't wait to get out of school. And then I couldn't wait to fall in love and get married. And then after I got married, I couldn't wait to have kids. And after I have kids, I can't wait uh, for more grandkids. And you just notice there's a lot of waiting. Uh, But to be honest, how many of us really even like waiting? Yeah, there's a lot of honest people here today. Everybody raised their hand. I mean, we, today, you know, we have Amazon, uh, you know, Prime, and two days is, is, is not quick enough. We, it's like, my goodness, I need something to happen right now. And uh, believe it or not, waiting will test your patience. Waiting will test your patience. And there's a lot of things that test our patience 
when it comes to waiting. Waiting in traffic, waiting at the supermarket, waiting at the doctor's office, waiting and dealing with irritating people. How many can say amen? Uh, let's just be honest. We hate to wait. Even this generation does not like to wait. We think everything ought to be happening at a push of a button, right? Just, uh, it should pop up and we should be able to say, I want it now, get it now. And, uh, many times we just want, we want to be in command. Uh, I, I'm a very patient person except when I'm hungry. How many can relate to what I'm saying? It, 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 when, when I'm hungry, I get hangry. Uh, you ever get hangry? When you're hungry, you just say, man, I just, uh, and then uh, really I found if you, if you ever been to restaurants, I know we haven't been to a lot of restaurants. One of the things I've noticed is that the more expensive the restaurant, the more you wait. Am I, am I right? I mean, you're waiting in line just to get, just to sit down and then you're waiting for the menu and then you're waiting for the food to come. And then you're waiting for the bill. I mean, I, I'm, that guy's not the waiter. I'm the waiter. I mean, he's, a, you know, so it's all of these things. And so um, all of us this morning, uh, uh, you know, we have to wait. And it's patient, being patient, having to learn patient. They got something, most of you may have this on cable called On Demand. You ever seen On Demand? And so on demand, what it gives you, it gives you the ability uh, to, uh, but let me just tell you what the word on demand means. I mean, who thought about this? On demand. When it thought, yeah, we're just going to tell people on demand. And I thought about this word. The demand means this. It's the thought to have something forcefully uh, the way you want it and don't expect to be refused. It's owed to you. Something that is claimed and due to to you or owed to you with authority. In other words, when you demand something, it's owed to you and you do it with authority. And so they got this thing on cable. It's called On Demand. You can watch as many movies as you want on demand. As long as you want. If you want to pause it, you can pause it. If you want to watch it later, you can watch it later. If you don't want to watch it at all, say, I don't want to watch that movie. I want to watch another movie. On demand, at a push of a button, you can change things, how you decide, when you decide, because it's on demand. Can I just tell you something? As believers, we think our walk with God is on demand. We don't want to wait on anything. We don't, we don't like the circumstances. We should be able, on demand, to ask God to change our circumstances. On demand, there should be a pause. God, I don't want to go through this trial right now. On demand. God, I don't like these circumstances. On demand. But how many understand that your life and your walk is not on demand? There are times that you're going to have to wait, and we're going to have to have patience in our lives. And in fact, in the book of James, which we've been kind of talking about, because he's really talking about faith and different degrees of faith and different types of faith, he talks about the type of faith that is patience and the type of faith that is persevering. So when he uses this word patient, he's also talking about patient that perseveres through it all. So I'm going to talk about this faith today, and I'm going to talk about when to be patient. I'm going to talk about why we're supposed to be patient, and I'm going to talk about how to be patient. And I'm going to come out of the book of James chapter 5. We're going to turn there in just a moment. But James isn't saying that, you know, every moment in life you're going to be patient. But there are some key moments in life where you're going to have to be patient in your faith. And number one, are you ready for this? Just write this down. When circumstances are not controllable. 
In other words, or when circumstances are beyond our control. Have you figured out that life is beyond your control? There are circumstances in life that you cannot control. I'm thinking about this pandemic. Uh, It's a great lesson that we can't control things. It came out of nowhere. We didn't expect it to happen, and suddenly it's upon us. And so you cannot keep everything under your control. And so James uses, in in James chapter 5, he uses an example when circumstances are, are uncontrollable. He uses the example of a farmer. And so I'm going to read a verse of scripture here out of James chapter 5, verse number 7. It says, be patient then, brothers. It says, until the Lord's coming, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is. Where are the scriptures, God? I send them to you. Let me read it again. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in a powerful way. Help us, God, today to receive your word. Let it transform our lives. And God, today, help us in faith to be patient. Lord, it's going to be difficult sometimes, but help us to recognize that, God, when we are patient, we are living in faith. We are walking in that faith. And, God, whatever circumstances people are dealing with right now, whatever things they're going through, right, I pray that you'll help them to have faith and be patient in the process. So, Lord, anoint every word that I speak and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So let me just say this. Don't go into farming unless you're patient. And I'll just, I'll add this to you. Don't get married unless you plan to learn patience. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about husband and wife. But there's a lot of, there's part of the job of farming. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Can I just tell you something you probably didn't know about me? Can I just share this with you? Man, you guys aren't responding. So it, it must be too early. But in the ninth grade, I really got into agriculture. I got, they, we had a horticulture class, and uh, I, I remember I took this uh, elective horticulture. I don't know why. You know, I wanted to learn about plants and how to plant things and all. This is the ninth grade, believe it or not. And, and uh, actually, I did this project, and this teacher was so impressed. He said, listen, I have an advanced agriculture class that I'd like you to join. I'm thinking, man, I just, you know, I kind of just did this for fun. And he said, no, I have an advanced one where you really, you have to, you learn the, the plant's names, you learn about plants, you learn about fertilizers. I'm going, what? Okay, I joined. Next thing you know, uh, uh, next thing I, I got an award and it's called the FFA, the Future Farmers of America Award. Believe it or not, I'm being honest. It's in my yearbook. I am an FFA member. I am a Future Farmer of America. That was not even my goal. <laughs> it was called the Green Hand Award, believe it or not. My wife, when we get around the, the yard, and she said, You're a, you were in agriculture. I go, honey, that was in the ninth grade. Hey, man, that was a long time ago. I don't know anything anymore. Anyway, why did I share that? So here are these farmers. And one of the things about farmers, they are the most patient people because part of the job has to do with a lot of waiting. They have to plow that land, and then they have to plant the seed, 
And then after they plant again, you plant that tree, you got to wait for it to grow. And then you have to prune the ground. You have to prune all the fruit that comes out of it. So there's a lot of waiting that a farmer has to do in order to see that harvest grow. And so James uses the example of a farmer, of one that is planting, one that is basically pruning, one that is plowing. And these are things he's able to control. But what he cannot control, listen to me, the other part of waiting is he cannot control the weather. He can't control whether it's going to rain, whether it's going to be hot, whether the economy is going to uh, work for his advantage, whether the, uh, there's going to be some labor practices for those that are working on his farm. So it takes a lot of faith to be a farmer. And he talks about a farmer being very, very patient and how he's able to deal with these uncontrollable circumstances and he's able to be patient through it all. And God is saying as believers, there are things that are going to come in your life you're not going to be able to control. You're not going to control the weather. You're not going to control how things are going to be. But you're going to have to learn to trust God. I said you're going to have to learn to trust God. God in faith. Have you ever noticed when, uh, when things are beyond your control, we still try to control it? You know how we try to control things when things are out of control? We think somehow that worry, the more you worry, you're going to be able to control it. Can I tell you something? No matter how much you worry, you can't change anything. Somehow we think, oh man, I can't change anything. So guess what? I'm going to go into worry. And worry is going to change everything. No, it's going to destroy you. It's going to eat you up. And we try to think that worrying is going to try to control something that's beyond our control. In fact, even Jesus kind of made a comment regarding this. I love what he said in Matthew six twenty seven. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So if you worry, there's no, you, know, you can't get an extra hour. It's only 24 hours in a day. So Jesus said, can any of you, by worrying, basically, can you change the circumstances? Can you add more time? And in that chapter, he said, what you have to do is have faith and put God first, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added onto you. So when you worry about something, you can't change it. Stop being dumb. You can't change it. It's useless. Either way, God is telling us this morning there's going to be things that are beyond our control. That's what James is saying, and you're going to have to learn to be patient through it all. The second thing, people, uh, you're going to have to learn how to be patient with people that are unchangeable. You ever just met some people, they're just not going to change unless God changes them. I'm just being honest with you. There are people that can, will not change Unless God changes them. And the only way God can change them is they've got to be willing to yield and want to be changed. People won't change if they don't want to be changed. In fact, James talks about the prophets coming. And how many know prophets, when they came and preached, they were preaching about change, or we use the word repentance. And they came to, to make a change in the lives of people and to change the climate and the environment. And he, even prophets were rejected. Prophets had to learn how to be patient because they were bringing a word for change and people didn't want to be changed. Look at what it says here in James chapter 5 verse 10. As an example of patience in the face of suffering, what did he say? Take the prophets who spoke 
in the name of the Lord. So these prophets were speaking in the name of the Lord. They were speaking change or repentance. The word repentance means uh, uh, basically a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of purpose uh, that will bring about a change of behavior. And the Bible says when these prophets spoke, many people resisted their words. Uh, Have you noticed that people do not like to change? People resist change. I preach the message, you ought to get it, uh, change is my friend. People go, what? Change is my friend. Uh, Change is your friend because it'll do something good for you. But most people resist change. Most people don't want to change. If you just suggest a little bit of change, they get mad. You know why people don't want to change? You know why they resist change? Fear. They're afraid. They're afraid of something. They're they're afraid of the unknown. They don't know what's going to happen, so they refuse to change. A lot of them have this false sense of control. Man, if I change, I'm not going to control anything. You don't control anything anyway. Or they're afraid to face the truth because the truth hurts, and it will reveal weaknesses in their life, and they don't want to be vulnerable. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're even clapping today. Hallelujah. I'll wake you up something this morning. Do you have anybody in your life right now that refuses to change? I think all of us today have somebody in our life that does not want to change. These are what I call irregular people, man. Uh, These people do not want to change. It's difficult to live with these kind of people that never want to change. That's why we need some patience. Why your pastor needs patience. Hallelujah. There's some people don't want to change. You can tell them the truth. You can share the word of God. You can tell them why it would benefit them. They say, no, no, no. I got my own way of doing things. No, no, no. I'm not going to do it that way. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. They refuse to change. You know what that word change means or patience means in the Greek? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, look it up. It's a Greek word called makrothumos. That's what it's called. And macro means long, and thumos means uh, uh, where we get the word thermometer, meaning heat. So literally what it says, it takes a long time for you to get hot, for you to rise in temperature. How many know when you get impatient, man, you can blow the lid, right? You don't get overheated with people. So the Bible says we have to be patient and love these people that refuse to change. We need a, a little bit of patience to love these unchanging people. Hallelujah. Number, two, number three, you're going to learn why or when to be patient is when problems come our way that are just unexplainable. There are going to be problems today that you're going to say, man, how, do I, how am I going to be patient? Man, I, I don't understand where these problems... Is. How many have ever been blindsided by some problems? You just didn't... They, you didn't even see them coming. I mean, there's some problems you could already see coming. Is it okay, I see what's happening. You know, job is slowing down. Work is getting slower. They're going to start laying off you. At least you saw it coming. You know, you start driving your car. You start saying, oh, this car is getting older already. It's starting to need more maintenance. You can see some problems. But there are some problems that just come unexpected. You didn't even see them coming. I might have shared this, but you know you're having a bad day when, when your twin sister forgets your birthday. Huh? You know you're having a bad day 
when you show up at work and your boss said, don't bother taking off your coat. Amen. You know you're having a bad day when the bird singing at your window is not a, 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 is a vulture. Amen. Uh, you know you're having a bad day when they give you a senior, senior citizen discount and you're only 36 years old. You know you are having a bad day when you're having a bowl of cereal and you notice the flakes are moving under their own power. You know you are having a bad day when your refund check, tax refund check bounces. Amen. You know you're having a bad day when you put two contacts in the same eye. You know you're having a bad day. You didn't expect that to happen. Right? Things happen in our life. We don't expect unexpected things happen in our life. And, and he brings up a great character here by the name of Job. And Job did not expect some problems to come his way because Job was actually blessed of God. Job was actually smacked in the middle of God's will. He was serving God, doing God's will. Things were going so well for Job, and yet he had some unexpected problems come in his way. And James says this in the same chapter, James chapter 5, verse 11. He goes, have you heard of Job's? perseverance again that word perseverance or patience in other words job uh, was able to persevere through some unexpected problems if there was a super bowl of suffering job would have won the championship i'm just telling you i often refer to job and a lot of you guys might be a little afraid you thought it said job but it actually means job it's a person's name called job i don't want that chapter amen i don't want that book but it's actually the book of Job, not Job, the book of Job. And he talks about his suffering. It talks about what he went through. I often refer to this uh, book in the Bible or this character in the Bible when people are going through some unexpected problems. Many times I'll have people come and say, Pastor, I'm going through this. This happened, all of these things. And I, and I empathize with them. I, I have compassion for them. I want to pray for them. But I also want to tell them, you're not the only one going through these things. Because they often think, well, why me? Why all these things? And I, then I said, well, have you thought about Job? They go, I don't want to hear about Job. They get mad at me. Because you cannot compare your suffering and your unexpected problems when you look at Job's life. I mean, when you think about Job, I mean, this guy was the wealthiest guy during that time. Everything was going well for him. And listen, if you want to read, don't read it now. But in a two-day period, everything fell apart. Now, for us, normally, life will fall apart in a process. But for him, everything fell apart in just two days. He went bankrupt. He lost his animals. He lost his herd. He lost his children. His children were all murdered. He got an incurable disease. It was the most painful disease. It was a deadly disease. Uh, and most of us say, well, you know, I had a bad day. This guy had a, uh, man, it was rough. I mean, things were going painful. He lost his family. He lost his friends. He lost his finances. So he's affected materially. He's affected physically. He's affect, uh, 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 suffering socially. Every kind of way he is suffering. And then to top it off, his greatest support, which he thought would be his wife, she comes to him and says, curse God and die. Hey, buddy, you should just curse God and die. Maybe I'll, I'll make good on that life insurance or something. Curse God and die. Read the, read, the, read the story. 
I mean, she just tears him down. Uh, uh, you know, you're better off dead to me. And so all of these things happen. And when you read it, if you read the book of Job, read it when you get home, God allowed it to happen. And the Bible said God was pleased with Job. God recognized Job's righteousness. God looked at Job and said, man, I love him. And yet God allowed suffering. God allowed this pain in his life. And we often wonder why all this suffering, why all this pain. And here to top it off, Job absolutely had no idea why all these things were happening to him. And yet he was in the middle of God's will. So the next time you come to me, I'm going to say, look at Job. Read, read the book of Job. And then come talk to me about your trial, about your battle, about your suffering. No, I'm just kidding, okay? But, but you do need to read it. It does tell us that no matter how much you serve God and how much you're in the middle of God's will, you're not immune from suffering. You're not immune from battles. And for 37 chapters, if you read, I've got so much information, I don't think I'm gonna, probably going to have to just get half through this, okay? There are 37 chapters where God doesn't even speak to Job, and he's complaining, and not complaining, but he's praying. I should say he's complaining and, pr- and praying at the same time. And he's wondering, why me? If there's anyone in the Bible that had the privilege to say, why me? I would say it would be Job. And yet... For 37 chapters, God doesn't answer him to the very end. And you, you could read it, and you, I'll tell you, you, I'll read it, and you'll find out the answer, okay? You know what it tells us? That life's not fair. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, life is not fair. Say it like you mean it. Life is not fair. There is nowhere, listen to me, folks. I, 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 I'm be honest with you. The truth hurts. There's nowhere in the Bible that tells us life is fair. There's nowhere. The Bible doesn't say life is fair. In fact, sometimes there are people in, in the word of God that get favor. It's not fair. Favor is not fair. There's some that suffer, some that didn't. So there are all kinds of different things that are going to happen in your life. Life is not fair. There are things that are going to happen in your, in your life that may not happen to someone else. There may be things that happen for you that's not going to happen for somebody else either. So all of these things, vice versa. You may suffer in one area. They may not. They may be blessed in that area. Life is not fair. God never said it would be. Life sometimes doesn't make sense. On this side of heaven, there's going to be some things that you wonder, what is going on? But let me tell you, you're going to have to have faith that needs to stay intact. See, the thing about Job, listen to me. The thing about Job is he, his faith remained intact. What is that word intact? Untouched. It meant solid. Basically unmoved despite all the problem and all the suffering that he endured. When circumstances are uncontrollable, when people are unchangeable, when problems are unexplainable, we're going to have to be patient in our faith. And the second thing I want to talk about is why do we need to be patient? You ready for this? Number one, God is still in control. Hallelujah. Despite all the things that are happening, God is still in control. Just because they may be out of your control, God is still in control. Look at what he said in James chapter 5, verse 8. He said, be patient and stand firm. He's talking about standing firm in your faith because the Lord's coming is near. 
if there's any place in the word of God, and I, I'm going to tell you something, uh, the word of God talks about more about the second coming of Christ than the first coming of Christ. And he says, ultimately, the Lord is coming. Ultimately, this is proof that God in control. Nothing can stop his return. Nothing can stop the fact that Jesus is coming back. God is in control of history. In fact, history means his story. Hallelujah. He's got a plan. He's got it all planned out. Everything is on schedule. Everything is leading to a climax. God is in control regardless of what is going on around us. And can I tell you something? There's always a greater purpose to the problem. There's always a greater purpose to what we're facing because God is in control. And though a situation may be out of my control, no circumstance is out of God's control. And so we have to learn that although everything may be seem may seem like man life is out of control how do I uh, how do I believe God you have to be patient in your faith you have to persevere even as Job persevered he endured patiently and said you know what even though God uh, God's blessing it may even seem like a delay God's delay does not obstruct God's will and purpose See, we often think, man, uh, man, there, there's a delay here. There, God's in control. Number two, you ready for this? I'm going to rush through this. God is going to reward our patient. Tell someone, reward. There is a reward coming, folks. There, God's going to bless your patient. He's going to bless your faith in persevering. James chapter 5, verse 11. As you know, we, we consider blessed those who have persevered. So if you go back to Job's life, the second half of Job's life was more blessed than the first half. In fact, God doubled everything that he had originally. It pays to be patient. He said that basically God blessed him beyond. He blessed him beyond what he had in the beginning. And so there are moments that God is going to bless you on this side of eternity. There's going to be all kinds of blessings that are going to come. Because you are patient, God is going to grow your character. He's going to grow your relationships. There are lots of benefits today of being patient in your faith toward God. And here's the other thing about reward. You're not only going to get blessed here because of your patience, but there's, there's blessing on the other side of eternity. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil, uh, uh, evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For so, for so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. So when people put you down, when people criticize your faith, when people do all this, realize that there's a reward coming in heaven. Hallelujah. Our natural tendency when people come against us is we want to fight back. When you're hurt, you want to hurt back. I've heard people say, I don't get mad, I get even, man. And so we, we retaliate. We, we want revenge. We want to take matters into our own hands. Uh, people criticize us. We're not patient. We want to criticize them back. When people say something to us, we want to oppose them. We want to retaliate. And James is saying, you know what? Is, is it worth your reward? Is this temporary criticism worth your reward in heaven? He said, there's the reward coming your way. 
Don't lose your patience. Don't lose your character because of somebody else. Oh, I'm preaching good today. Don't, don't, don't blow a fuse. I'm encouraging myself this morning. Maybe I just needed this sermon. Amen. The second, the third thing is that uh, you need, why do you need to be patient? Because God is working things out. How many believe that? That God's working behind the scenes. That there might, you may not be able to see it with the naked eye. You not may be able to see it on the surface, but God is still working out. Look at what it says, James 5, verse 11. Second part of that, you've heard of Joe's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of what? Compassion and mercy. In other words, God was working out things behind the scenes that Job didn't even realize. So a delay does not mean a denial. If you've been praying for an answer, if you've been praying for a certain need, if you've been praying for God, uh, no, many times we say no, uh, God's not going to do it. Many times it's just uh, right now a delay, not necessarily a denial. Sometimes it's just not yet. Maybe sometimes, man, we, we, we see because we're impatient, we want it right now. There was a famous pastor, and they, one day this guy walked in the office, and the pastor was pacing. He was frustrated, and somebody walked in and asked him, Pastor, what's the matter? He said, I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. Hallelujah. See, we're in a hurry, but God's not in a hurry. We get frustrated because we're wondering, man, what, when is it going to happen? When is all this going to be? And we got to be uh, honest. Let's know that God is working things out. Amen. Even, even though I may not see it, he's working. Hallelujah. He never stops. He never stops working. I love that song. Even when we don't see it, he's working. What's the other part of that verse? Even when we don't what? Even when we don't feel it. And a lot of you, man, you're so emotional. You got to feel everything. Stop feeling. Start having a little bit of faith. Amen. And stop walking by your feelings. Your feelings will deceive you. Well, I feel nobody loves me. I feel this. Stop feeling. Stop being stupid. Amen. Have some faith in God. Hallelujah. Let him know he loves you. He, he cares about you. There are things you can't control. He, even though you don't see it, he's working. Even though you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. He gives the illustration of the farmer, and he said he plants the seed. He's waiting on that seed. He doesn't see how God is working, how he's germinating that seed. It's supernatural. God is doing something under the ground. There, that seed that starts to germinate begins to sprout. You can't see it from the top, but under, behind the scene, that thing is starting to grow can i tell you something uh, while you're praying while you're believing god you may not see the answer but god's working there's a supernatural miracle coming your way <laughs> romans 8 28 we know that all things work together every circumstance god is working together and so here's the final part i'm going to rush through this here because i want to help you here what do we do how do we do it how do we become patient what am i supposed to do and all of this, number one, we need to wait in faith. We need to be expecting in faith. Have a spirit of expectancy. The farmer is expecting something. He's waiting with expectation. This is the kind of faith that we need. We need a faith that is preparing and growing with expectation. Now, when you expect something, you just don't wait around and do nothing. 
You don't watch Netflix for hours and hours. Uh, you, 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 you wait patiently. You're trusting God. You're preparing your spirit. Uh, you're reading the word. You're praying. You're seeking God. You're, wor- you're allowing God to work in your life. You're waiting expectantly. Let me read the scripture, Psalms 130, verse 5. I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. Uh, so what are you waiting for? You're waiting with an expectant heart. God's going to transform your marriage. God's going to help you with your finances. God's going to touch your teenager. God's going to touch your family. You're expecting. And in the meantime, you're not sitting around doing nothing. You're working. You're allowing God to work in your life. You're saying, God, I trust you. I'm growing spiritually. I'm not getting more discouraged. I'm not letting this stuff get on me. I'm believing God. A lot of us, we want blessing, but you can't even handle the blessing he wants to give you right now. Are you prepared for the blessing? Are you even ready for the blessing? Man, what, uh, you know, our little faith is so tiny and puny, amen. We're, we've not enlarged our faith spiritually. Right now during this pandemic, you ought to be working on your spiritual muscles right now. Some of you ought to be like buffing out, man. You ought to be buff like the Hulk right now spiritually. You guys can't see it, but I'm, man, I'm busting out of this shirt right now spiritually. <laughs> Of course, I think I've already busted out of a shirt. <laughs> He's looking at me. <laughs> Spiritually and physically. Hallelujah. I'm getting there, though. Amen. So here we are. What was I talking about? We got to wait expectantly, and we have to wait quietly. Some of us this morning, we make a fuss about everything. Some of us need to get our mouths under control. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. Faith controls your mouth. Controls that tongue. That, James talks about that. Look at what it says, James chapter 5, verse 9. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters. So he's talking about a faith and a patience and a perseverance that when you're under the pressure, that you don't just mouth out, off, and say things. How many know, man, when we get frustrated, man, our mouth goes in gear. We start mumbling and groaning and get on Facebook and complaining. You've lost your faith. When I see people complaining on Facebook, I will give you a piece of my mind. Shut up. Don't give us a piece of your mind. That's the problem. Let Jesus cleanse your mind. Let him clean out your mind. Amen. And give you a little, you got to learn a little bit of perseverance. Well, I'm just going to say it. I never say, shut up. We don't want to hear that right now. Speak the word of God. Don't blame your troubles on everybody else. That's what he's saying. When you get up in the morning, man, don't rise and gripe and, and whine and, you know, I'm dog tired because you've been growling all night. That's why. You need to really look at your life and say, man, don't let this uh, frustration uh, come out of your mouth. Don't allow it, man. It says, uh, brother, James chapter 5, verse 12, above all, my brothers, don't swear. How many this morning, you're so, you feel like cussing all the time. Oh, I'm preaching. All right. How do you respond to things? How are you responding to things right now? You're cussing out the neighbor, cussing out your wife, kicking the dog, slapping the baby. What are you doing? Amen. I hope you're not doing that. All of these things. Lamentation 326. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now, again, he says, wait quietly. Trust God. 
Habakkuk 2.3, these things won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. It seems, it seems slow. Do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. What is that? Just be patient. Turn to someone and say, be patient. They will not be overdue. What? A single day. God's dream, goal, vision is going to come to pass. And the last thing is we need to wait confidently. We can have the worship team come up here. Confidently in faith. Some of us this morning, you need a little bit more confidence in God. We've allowed all these things, these circumstances, to cause our faith to waver. We're going to have faith without wealth. We're not going to have any limits. You've got to confidently trust God. Job never lost confidence in God. He wondered why, he questioned, but he never lost confidence in who God was. He trusted God despite, he goes, man, naked I came into the world, naked I'll leave. God, I don't know why all these things are happening. Micah 7, verse 7, I will wait confidently for God. How do you wait confidently? How do you confidently wait on God? You don't take matters into your own hands. You don't try to do things on your own. You don't try to control the circumstances by your worry and your frustration today. You don't say to yourself, well, God, you know, forget all of this. You trust that God is going to work despite all that's happening around you. That God is a rewarder to those that wait upon him today. So let's bow our heads in reverence to God. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, today that we can wait patiently on you. We don't understand it all, God. We don't have it under control. You do. But, God, that's not going to limit our faith. These circumstances, these things, even people are not going to limit our faith. But, Father, we're going to put our faith in gear, confidently waiting, expecting, knowing, God, that you have greater things ahead for us. So, God, I pray, reach out across this room, across this place, even those that are watching online, minister to them, so many. Help us to trust you today. So if you're in this room right now, before I move on to the next part of this service, I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. God loves you. In fact, God has been patient with you. The Bible says that God is so patient with us that he's willing that none perish, none. Man, he he, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to you. He's been waiting He's been waiting on you. The patience of God is so great. And so God was patient enough for you to get here today to let you know that he loves you, cares about your life, and wants to change your life today. And all you have to do is call upon the Lord and say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. Whoever you are in this room, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or you'd like to surrender your life to the Lord, Bible says God's willing that none perish, none, but all come to repentance. He, he, he's wanting you to come right now. He's waiting for you to come to him. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed right now, all over this room, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Would you raise your hand right now? We want to pray for you. Just say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to give my life to him. God has been patiently waiting for you for this moment. Is there anyone at all right now you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I need the Lord in my life. Raise your hand. Maybe you're watching online. God's been waiting for you. I pray that you'll give your life to him today. 
Maybe at one time you were walking with God, but you're not walking with God right now. You need to come back to the Lord. Raise your hand right now. So that's me. I need to come back to Jesus. I need to rededicate my life to him. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. That's you online. We want to just believe God for you. We're going to pray for you. And ask the Lord to come into your life. There are people online right now that are willing to pray with you. Just say, that's me, that's me. And there are people who pray with you right now. Let us know. You'll receive Jesus in your life. You'll receive Jesus in your life. Why don't we all stand together right now? Why don't we all stand? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.